Hello, and welcome to Grimlore, your place for your grim, dark, fantasy, and science fiction settings. I am your host, Ray, and today I am joined in our, lo- our lovely tavern by another elf. Obi, would you like to introduce yourself, my good friend? Uh, hello, hi, my name is Obi, and uh, I don't know how in detail I have to go, but uh, I'm here, I'm a guest, and I'm gonna have fun. I'm happy to uh, have him. There is also a... Weird Eldritch Knight standing beside me. I believe you are Warper, yes? Yes, yes. That's that's terrifying and a little gross. Um, <laughs> I don't like how many eyes I'm seeing and how many mouths are in this weird abomination, but, you know, I've, I've, I've seen Gerald's search history, so this is fine. <laughs> uh, trust me, don't, do not look at my backside. It's far worse. <laughs> uh, speaking of my dwarven co-host, where, where is he? Um, something outside. Give me one second, you two. Just give me two seconds. Um, interesting, Gerald. Uh, let me just take that out of your mouth. I swear, you pointy-eared, tree-hugging, morassing son of a... How could you forget me there? Um, well, you said the ogres were hungry. And I didn't want to die. So. You left me strung up on a roasting spit. They burned the hairs off of my ass. What is your problem? I mean, all this considered, I think me being chased by an inbred horse fucker is, the, is a lot worse than you looking like, heavy, like you had a nice, uh, nice shave. So, I mean. I swear on all that is holy, if I have to deal with any of those overly hungry, gluttonous fat bastards ever again, I will... Oh, we have some guests. I swear to Grungy, I will stop being so polite. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, we have have some guests in our lovely tavern. I've introduced them, but you have yet to meet them. So, Just one second, just one second. Bartender, give me the strongest single malt you got. No, 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 I don't want the shot glass. Just give me the whole damn bottle. (laughs) People say I have a problem with warp stone. Uh, (sighs) Okay, I'm good now. (laughs) <laughs> Hello, guests. I'm sorry you had to see that side of me. Welcome to the tavern. Please sit down and enjoy yourself for whatever lovely stories we're going to hear about the wonderful world of Warhammer Fantasy with Rayway. Okay, I'm good now. <laughs> uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy Drilled's back and he has, he has had a nice shave. Fire will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Says the Zetian knight. <laughs> uh, I was just about to ask. I see a point to your elf here. Wait a minute. I recognize you. You're from that other podcast, right? Yeah, that's correct. What's uh, it called? Knights of the Hobby Table or something? Yeah. Exactly. You're that elven knight that fights off polar bears with pointy nipples, right? Oh, yeah. Preferably my own, but uh, I've been, uh, <laughs> I've used other ones as well. So. Oh. Welcome to the tavern. <laughs> Take, take whatever weapon you can get, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. why am I seeing, Ray, why am I seeing a bird demon here? Oh, he's not a bird demon. He's a bird demon knight. Oh. Is that supposed to make me feel better? <laughs> Just do not look at my third eye. It traps you a bit mad if you look at it for too long. Okay, okay. I'll over <laughs> my eyes for a second. Ray, remind me to fire the barmaid. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I mean, our Skaven bouncer let him in, so I mean... 
They must like okay, him. remind me to fire the Skaven bouncers or feed them to the ogres <laughs> that tried to eat me. <laughs> All right. I think we're good. I'm 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 about halfway through my coffee, so I am very rejuvenated now. It's late. Well, I'm glad you are. I still need that I still need that scotch to work its way through me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so to our guests, um, how familiar are you guys with Warhammer fantasy in particular? Uh me personally? Uh actually zero. Nothing. Nothing in the whole. Nope. I- I am so so. I know the main factions, and that's about it. <laughs> Look at that! Look at that! Some our uh, the other podcast host has been uh, is outclassed when it comes to another person. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it mean, happens. You yeah. can't be the best at everything. So no, no. <laughs> but I mean, you can always try. Oh yeah. Where's always. that open try? Damn it! <laughs> your weakness fills me with shame <laughs> elves have more pride than Saiyans and that says a lot <laughs> I gotta represent alright good 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 I mean I'm just curious to see what we're working with what what everyone knows I know Gerald is learning every day or rather like every every week every two weeks so I'm happy whenever the uh, ale doesn't take over of course of course of course <laughs> The but, liquor's calling the shots, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to you guys, kind of, I'm, if you guys have seen our episodes, you, you guys can kind of get an idea. But normally, I'm going to have Gerald do a little uh, one-minute recap. I don't know if he has a timer on hand, because I think the timer makes it even funnier, because he's, he has to fucking rush. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Just one second, and one-minute timer. Okay. All right. All right, give me a recap of what we covered last episode. It's not relevant to this one, but I like I like the recap to give to let people have an idea of what you ran over last time. All right, and pressing go. Okay, so last week we went over ogres, which explains why I was tied up on a spit because they heard us and wanted to have a few words with us and eat me apparently because someone wanted to get drunk. We learned about <laughs> what makes up an ogre and that they are essentially white scar rejects from 40k. Cue the uh, angry mob of Space Marine. And then <laughs> learned a little bit about their history and why the uh, Dragon Emperor from Grand Cathay is a uh, is the uh, a very poor substitute for the 40k Emperor. And hey. because uh, he had one job of hurling a meteor at the wrong ogres. <laughs> And see, uh, anyways, they grew more savage. They got very, very hungry because that crater from the meteor created the maw. And then we get to, we got to learn about the greatest, greatest fat bastard of all of them, Greasius, and how AOS and the end times really screwed him up. And mic drop. Yes, Greasius, the literal fat bastard. <laughs> oh. But uh, how do I put this? Um, they didn't ruin Greasius. He's just not fucking in AOS. <laughs> exactly. I'm crying inside. I swear to God. <laughs> uh, on on the bright side, on on the on the bright side, the faction we'll be covering today is in AOS. So that that makes me happy. Ah, good. Ah, give me one second to just take one more one more good sip of my Warpstone coffee. Ah, that's good. Okay. I'm, I'm, I heard comments on people comments on me drinking coffee loudly, which is why I'm accentuating it now. 
<laughs> if you make fun of you me, out. I will play into the meme. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Today, my my lovely guests and tavern goers, we're gonna be talking the uh, the Beastmen of Warhammer Fantasy. Ooh. Yes, yes. But um, I actually wanted to say one thing though about the Beastmen in this episode in particular. This episode was actually sponsored by one of our Patreon members, by none other than the noble Slappy himself. Everyone do the way. <laughs> as as our ten dollar Patreon tier member, he was given uh first. Well, all Patreon members will eventually get this option, but because this was the first time I was opening it up to our Patreon members, I figured that him being our first ten dollar Patreon member would be uh just apropos. So I gave him the option to pick between several options, um, and he picked the Beastman for this one, uh, because he is starting a forty k army, I believe, with. Beastman Auxiliary. So, oh, yes, yes, yes. Cool. Yes, um, I'm sure he can tell us about this when this episode comes out, which will be in, obviously, a couple a weeks. While. <laughs> yeah, More we, than a couple a weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we, we record ahead of time, and then we got too far ahead of our ourselves. That's our fault. Uh, we used to do that as well. It, it, uh, it screws you over, because things happen while you're... While you, You've already recorded, and then it's like this is really uh, up to date anymore. So we have to uh, edit that out or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Also, can I say something really fast, Ovi, just to you personally? Yeah. Okay. No homo, but holy shit, you are an attractive man. <laughs> <That's>, uh... <laughs> it matches his elven uh, charm. Thinking. Oh yeah, exactly. That's uh, uh. appreciated. Thank you, but. Uh... Well, I know homo. I mean, Lil Tongue never hurt anybody. Oh my god. Sudden oh. no, in the building. <laughs> <laughs> Look, in our defense, we didn't make Slanesh in this setting. <laughs> <laughs> please don't uh, please don't answer what is Slanesh. I don't want to have to beep out like five sentences again. Oh, oh, um Slanesh will be involved in this episode, which is hilarious. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, better get my sensor button ready. <laughs> Don't worry. I literally have right. Like I'm just gonna spoil this at time. I cover Slanesh, and all it is is a giant, is a giant spoil like black bar over top of whatever I scripted. <laughs> <laughs> and then literally Slanesh every is... other word. The last time we brought Slanesh up was just. <laughs> 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 all right. So. To cover the Beastmen, I think it would be fair for us to go over some of their alternative names that they're given just throughout the setting in general. They go by a couple names, and none of them are flattering. Oh. <laughs> I can so, only imagine. Yeah, I mean, Beastmen are exactly the handsomest of individuals. <laughs> okay, so among them are the Horn Beasts, the Beasts, the Cloven Ones... The Cloven Beasts, there's a lot of beasts involved in them. Who fucking knew? Uh, the, oh. cr- the Crown Beasts. And, of course, very simply and very accurately to what they actually are, the true children of chaos. Because unlike oh. Space Marines who have daddy issues, the Beastmen are the true children of chaos. <laughs> what do you mean, daddy issues? <laughs> <laughs> Exhibit A, Herturamo. 
Exhibit B. No. Angron. Oh, oh, my Lord. <laughs> You're hitting Exhibit them wrong C, all the nails. Magnus. <laughs> Who did a lot wrong. No, 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 no. He did nothing wrong. <laughs> That's irrelevant to the point I'm making. Shall so we go on? It? So what does Inch Demon say? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the Beastmen, you might like when you think of Warner Fantasy, you think of like, you know, the big players, the Empire, Bretonians, the 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 Tomb Kings, you know, the Lizard Man. You think of all these like top tier players, all these like major, you know, globally refining players, the elves, the dwarves, of course. But yeah. The thing about the Beastmen is that both in-universe and out, they are hilariously underrepresented and underappreciated, yet they're at the same time one of the most important and probably one of the most powerful assets Chaos has at its disposal. We it's made kind of an the- interesting point that you bring up because like, so far of the factions and episodes that we've talked about thus far, Chaos really hasn't had that much of an impact. Yes, that's some like I said. That's something I'm always going to bring up. I mean, like about Warhammer Fantasy in general, is that there isn't like like in Warhammer 40k, you can always be like, oh, the war in heaven caused all the problems. No chaos caused all the problems. Oh no, the horse heresy. But at the end of the day, it's always like, oh, like the grand machinations of some like inherently evil force. Whereas, rather with Warhammer Fantasy, the races have like actual like genuine political reasons to go to war. Like all their wars are based off of like actual reasons like trade disputes or like expansions or even like taxes whereas in 40k all that stuff is like thrown away and it's it's always just like oh here's another chaos lord invading oh no interesting interesting i also wanted to bring up another point too um in 40k it seems like i think it was said something along the lines of and not to call out our friend warper but just (laughs) looking at a lord of change is enough to kill a space marine by sight that doesn't seem to be the case with fantasy so why is that so there's a number of re- there's a number of reasons one was that okay they're, they're more cop-ups than anything else i'm gonna be totally honest so there is the, it's it's part of the course in 40k uh everything in 40k is inherently like taken to its extreme everything is pushed beyond its limits so like oh let's let's not make you know planet killers let's make sources and killers you know let's make things more extreme and so to fit that, they make it so that the demons, to make them the actual threats, are, oh, yes, if you look upon a Lord of Change, you will go insane and die, or you will become a Lord of Change yourself kind of thing. You know, they kind of push it, and I think that it's it's more meant to, like, fit the settings, because Warhammer 40k is inherently a, it's on a different scale than fantasy. They can yeah, afford yeah. to play up with those, like, upscaled, oh, chaos is such an inherently dangerous and powerful threat. Whereas Warhammer Fantasy, because they have a smaller scale to play with, they can't give chaos and the monsters that inherit inhabit this world the same like degree of like how do I put this of um, danger or uh, prestige behind them. That being said, there's actually an inherent there's actually like an ingrained theory and like excuse as well because in Warhammer 40k there's only the chaos gods. Like you can you can argue the emperor you can argue the emperor and Kegarak, but when I list the gods in 40k, there's mostly the chaos gods, Gork and Mork, the emperor arguably, uh, each like the amount of gods that are in Warhammer Fantasy 40k is such a small amount that when you compare it to Warhammer Fantasy, you can almost you can almost create a headcanon excuse 
which I like to put it because I've seen this. It's not so much an excuse. It's a theory that I've seen passed around like a lot, which was that the reason why we're fantasy chaos is so weak is because there are other gods involved because you have Sigmar, you have tall, you have Raya, you have all these other gods involved. You have all these different gods having their own like stake in the pie. They all have their own little like involvement in the world. So instead of chaos being basically top of the top of the leaderboard, having basically total dominance, chaos now has to compete with all the other gods. And while chaos may be the more powerful of these gods, they are not alone on the totem pole of power. Oh. Huh. Interesting. So that's yes. why I'm able to somewhat look at our our Zinch friend here and not just like burst in the flames. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean, you are a good Rungi fearing dwarf, so I mean, and also you know, the dwarves are made to be resistant to chaos, so I mean, <laughs> ah, ah, that's a good way to think, think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the group chat, I posted two pictures of the beastmen. The first picture is a more standard appearance of the beastmen, the second one is a more, I don't want to say dramatized version, but it's a lot more of a I guess a true representation of what Beastmen would look like. I'm having Berserk flashbacks right now. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the second one. Especially with the second yeah. one. All right. So before we discuss the Beastmen further, I'm going to give a quote to the Beastmen, specifically by Malagor, the Dark Omen, who is a motherfucking boss to the Beastmen. <laughs> Ooh. <sighs> Forgive me as I get into character. <clears throat> Bear down their totems. Befoul their colors. Kill their kings and burn their priests. Into the mud with them all. Break their skulls. And eat their hearts. Malagor, the dark omen. Yep, pretty apropos, I'd say. Yes, that should give you a, a very, very quick summation of what kind of people these are. And this is a picture of Malagor for anyone who can open the pictures. Ooh, boss. That should be pretty Thanks. cool. Fuck yeah, get fucked, up by, get fucked up by Malagor. Just, dude just got bodied and impaled with an energy beam. Mm. <laughs> what, like I said, what I mean with Beastmen is that they are very often like, they're undervalued by basically every faction, even like in universe and out. Like they're always seen as, oh, it's just the Beastmen. Or not even that, like very often, especially in the Empire, the Beastmen, just like the Skaven, are seen as like urban legend. Like, oh, don't go in the woods because there's there's monstrous people over there. You know, they're very, they're well, very the, undervalued. In the Troll Slayer book, which book club episode coming soon-ish, hopefully, yeah. Ray, we gotta, <laughs> Ray, we gotta record that. But uh, in the book, yeah, in, in the Troll Slayer, they're kind of, that's kind of how they're portrayed in the chapters that featured the Beastmen. They're treated more as just like a really bad nuisance almost that's kind of yeah. downplaying it but that's kind of how they're portrayed yeah they're definitely portrayed as a nuisance as more just and like they're very undervalued by basically everyone because no one really realizes just how valuable they are to chaos like the best way to put them is they're almost on tier with like the imperial guard from 40k where like you know people say like the skaven can be the, can be like the imperial guard but I think the beastmen are a lot more are a lot more appropriate because you know how people will be you know people will say oh the beast um the imperial guard is like what's that quote where if um if you get rid of the if you get rid of space marines the imperium falls after a month 
You get rid of the Mechanicus, the Imperium falls after a week. You get rid of the Imperial Guard, the Imperium falls within a day. That's being generous. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very much uh similar to what i would say the beastmen are are related to whereas where you know space means always get the the uh the poster child they're always seen as like oh this is the embodiment of the imperium chaos marauders or the slaves of chaos or all the champions of chaos they're all, they're seen on the same tier where they're the poster children of chaos they get all the attention all of the um you know they're front and center but without the beastmen being a constant prevailing threat that is almost like invaluable to chaos's success. They don't get any love or appreciation by basically anyone, especially out of universe, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like the Imperial Guard has its fans. Like we can be fans of the Imperial Guard, but like almost no one like views views um the the Beastmen as anything more than like oh that's that's just the Beastmen kind of thing. Imagine which... saying that about Ultramarine players. <laughs> oh, it's just the Ultramarines. <laughs> I think Granite. I think Granite fans are worse, but you know it's just me. I actually like the Granite, so I'm not going to rag on them as much. Wink, wink. Imagine if they imagine if they found out their gene seeking from Magnus and not the Emperor. <laughs> Heresy! Heresy! <laughs> <laughs> I got him. Uh, all right. So, um, who wants to? We'll we'll take one of our guests. Out of our guests, who wants to be the uh, the guinea pig for this little uh, thing I'm going to have one of you do? I'll give it a go, though. <laughs> I was going to say, All don't right. everyone raise their hands up at once. <laughs> Pause for silence. All right. So I called them beastmen, but that doesn't give a proper, you know, you might think, oh, what's a beastman? So our good, our good man, Obi here, the handsome elf that he is, uh, using the... the the two or three pictures I provided, would you please give a description of the Beastmen for our lovely listeners who cannot see because we're a podcast and not a video form? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a struggle. But uh, trying to be very visual, I'd say uh, imagine a human but with goat legs and a goat head, basically. Uh, very good. I think... I think that would be the best description. Uh, uh, this, honestly, Satan, <laughs> real life Satan. That's especially with, uh, yeah, especially with Malagor. Yeah. Malagor has fucking wings and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and sh- shooting freaking lasers out of his hand, like. <laughs> uh, Excellent. That, that would that's, be my description. That's a very good description because that's that is what the the beastmen were inspired by. They're they were inspired by, I believe it's Bahamut. I could be very wrong. My yeah. wife's a wit, so she would kill me if I got it wrong. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know the, the general concept of a human esque uh, goat thing that has you know the the bottom feet, the humanoid features with the, with the bestial appearance. That's uh, very accurate. That is their general description. That being said, while the pictures show what they look like, it doesn't explain just how bestial they can be because they can actually vary wildly. The ones you guys see are the ones I've shown. The ones that Obi has described is the more common version. But often beastmen have, um, I believe it's described as canine teeth that almost like disproportionately fit their mouth. Like you would imagine a goat would not have like a mouthful of canine teeth effectively. They're meant to be like a, a mishmash of all different animalistic features. Like they may have goat legs, 
but they could have um, scales on their torsos or backs. They're, they are a mishmash of all different animal features. Zichi, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, they are the true, the true children of chaos. So most races and most species in Warhammer Fantasy, they have a purpose. They serve a purpose. They have some kind of purpose in life or some kind of grand goal. For humans, it's not being extinct, but, you know, that's besides the point. Yeah. The Beastmen have no purpose. They have no greater purpose, no grand goals, nothing. They have no purpose whatsoever. And that is because the Beastmen are chaos in its truest, most animalistic, and chaotic form. So even the chaos demons of like Zeech, Nurgle, Corn, and Slash, they all have some form of order and authority to them. You know, the demons of Corn, they have a very demonic appearance. They have skulls with a skull throne, a blood for the blood god. Whereas Slaneshi demons, you know, Slaanesh being her, her, Nurgle has his very, his very bloated, very gross, almost zombie-like appearance, and Zeech's, you know, as we can see from our lovely uh, knight over here, a chaotic mess of birds and tentacles. (laughs) (laughs) I'm considered beautiful in my community. (laughs) <laughs> I, can't decide, I can't decide whether I want chicken or seafood tonight for supper. <laughs> what if you get a bird to eat to eat the the octopus and then cook that chicken? So an octo octican? Octican. You could go for like surf and turf, you know? Ooh, <laughs> there we go. Hey bartender, <laughs> put that on the menu later for tonight. but yes like i said with the demons they have some level of authority order to them like they'll all worship the demon above them beastmen no order whatsoever they are completely disorganized in every sense of in every way shape and form like again the demons they'll worship their chaos gods they'll worship the demons above them whatever beastmen nah (laughs) they have no authority the best the best close thing to authority they have is Closer to the orcs, the biggest de- the biggest beastman is the leader, and even then, you don't have to follow him. Like Gerald could be a, could be like the leader of a beastman horde or the beastman war herd, and I could be like, no, I'm just not going to follow you and just go do my own thing. Beastmen well, are too. <laughs> <laughs> I've <laughs> I've seen where you go at night. <laughs> oh, All right, so like I said, that's the best description of the, of the beastmen there. They're really just crazy, and I actually really like them. I'm saying this very faction. Every faction that we cover, I am the hype man for them because I love all the factions, respectively. Some I love more than others. Some I hate a bit more than others. But at the end of the day, all the factions are awesome. They all bring their own little flair to Warhammer Fantasy, and they wouldn't have it any other way. So to give those factions, obviously, what they deserve, I need to cover the origins of them. That includes the Beastmen for this episode. So, so good question. Yes. So obviously they don't have like a centralized authority figure, but are there some beastmen that do follow like one particular chaos god over the other, or is it no more just a general like undivided, like they don't follow any chaos god no matter what? The best way to put it is they follow they are chaos incarnate, like they don't follow any of the chaos gods to the point that a ever chosen, which is to put in 40k terms, is equivalent to Abaddon. You know, it's the chosen champion of chaos at the time. 
unlike Abaddon, who is prevalently always uh, Chaos' chosen champion in Warmer Fantasy, um, because human lifespans, you know, they end. Chaos has to choose new champions every couple generations. Um, the Ever Chosen basically rallies Chaos Demons, rallies all the Chaos Cultists and everything. When he comes calling, sometimes even the Beastmen won't come to his aid. That's how chaotic they are. Ooh. Yes. And it isn't, it isn't for lack of, oh, we're, we refuse to join you. It's very much that they are so chaotic in nature and so like chaotic to the core that even if a champion of chaos and ever chosen calls them for aid, they're so chaotic they will just not they'll just refuse. They'll do their own thing instead. To the point that a lot of times it's very equivalent to almost you have to wrangle them. Like he will have to almost gather them and like point them somewhere. He'll have to try and like spike them to attack somewhere else for him. So what what about like their intelligence like? Are they, they like self going? Do they do they have like own thoughts or like is it just chaos kill? Straight um, up, it's a mix murder, of both. Pillage. They are the best way to put them is imagine if you took a predatory animal like a wolf, but gave them the sentience of a human, the sentience and like awareness of a human. So they are intelligent. They're considered intelligent, but they have an animalistic cunning to them. All right. All right. Yeah. I know some space wolves that would uh, have uh, different words, different words to say <laughs> about that. <laughs> Leave the furries uh, out of this one, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, like the best way to put beastmen again to to put into perspective how like to hammer it in, they are so chaotic that they literally cannot create. Like, creation is anathema to them. They they cannot create anything. The only weapons they have are weapons they've stolen from other races. The only equipment they have or armor is things they've stolen. The closest thing to creation they have is reproduction or very, very simple, like, um, territorial, like, mounds. Oh. And even then, the, the mounds are made of stone. Like, it isn't, like, they don't make this, they don't make walls. They, they, the best way to put it is almost like they cannot comprehend making things. Like, it's almost like that part of their brain is just not present. The only thing they know is to destroy, to break, or to corrupt. All right. Hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I really like the Beastmen. They're very fun. They're very, they're very much a very chaotic evil faction. <laughs> so that's why you basically had said Slanesh was involved in some way, shape, or form. Yes. I mean, all the Chaos Gods are inherently involved. Like, Slanesh is involved for, like, you know... <laughs> but corn corn is obviously their warlike nature and inherent destructive destructive nature zeech is mm. their conniving cunning almost like trickery things and then nurgle is the rot and decay that they create and um okay i'm just gonna say this fast uh the mounds that i said they make that are made out of stone are typically made out of their uh their shit and corpses lovely <laughs> Lovers, yeah, yeah. So you could literally be like walking, and you'll like you'll know you're in beastman ter- territory by the smell first, <laughs> like but by, by the smell first and foremost. Because if you're downwind, you will like it's a mountain, like it's not even a mountain; it's more of a pillar that's like stacked, that's made of shit, uh, piss, and corpses that just goes downwind. And what and because of because of how beastmen are, this is something I'll cover later, but I'll just cover it now. They almost like track like downwind. 
So for example, if they build in a uphill or something, right? They build they're they're uphill, they make these mounds of they make these mounds for their territory, and the wind blows downwards, like to your town that's like say downhill downwind, Ooh. they will they'll fall you'll smell it and you'll realize, oh, we should probably fucking leave. But you know, oh. let's say you don't know if it's beastmen. As far as you're concerned, the beastmen are just an urban legend. You won't know. You'll just think, oh, there's some like uh, some animal, there's a bunch of animals dying in the woods, not knowing. And the beastmen will travel downwind to your village where it is because it's almost like wherever the smell is or wherever like this influence is, is their territory or it's like their spread of influence. So again, if it blows downwind and you smell shit, piss and dead corpses, there's a good chance the beastmen are going to start moving towards your territory. Well, given, uh, well, given that it's uh, there probably are a bunch of animals dying in the forest at that point. <laughs> and also to quote the great Jeff Goldblum, well, that's one big pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice a Jurassic Park reference. <laughs> Shout out to you, Wait Blake. We get to the lizard men. Yeah. <laughs> ah, oh, I'm gonna be like life finds a way. Oh yeah. But I guess Actually, in Beastman's ways, it would be chaos finds a way. Well, actually, I think that's kind of topical, actually, when I get to the origin with when it comes to lizard man and life finding a way and Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> because oh, <dear>. <laughs> to cover the origin <laughs> of the beast man, um, I kind of went over it a little bit during our second episode, I believe it was the second or third episode. But um, for a brief synopsis, the old ones are involved in the Warhammer fantasy world, you know, from 40K, for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're the reason. Um, the planet that is Warhammer Fantasy, the known world, is the way it is. They actually terraformed the planet to make it hospitable or habitable for life. And it's believed that they either brought humans, elves, and dwarves to the planet or uplifted those races from the races that already lived on the planet. To do all this, they created um, two massive... The best way to put it is like webway gates, like that the Eldar use on the north and south pole of the planets. And these were basically like almost like stargates from the series Stargate. And they could and they were about the size of large cities. And these things and they so imagine like these giant portals that they use to transfer resources and soldiers, because uh the the old ones created the lizard men, and the lizard men were used as their um their military. So to transport them to planets, they use these massive gates. The problem is that these gates travel through the warp, or they use the warp to travel. And Chaos was like, oh, look at these nice uh, these nice two little doors we can use to uh, get on this planet. So Chaos decides to push on these, on these two polar gates and end up breaking them and cause both polar gates to actually collapse. What happens is that now the North and South Pole are basically the Eye of Terror from 40K. Huh. And that's cool. Yeah. So you know, Chaos has now an influence on the North and South Pole. But the problem is that now the the stones, like the sanding stones that were used to make these gates, um, basically fell into the warp during the collapse. And then they erupted out. So you have these stones that basically went into the warp and then were shot out and scattered all across the planet like fucking Dragon Balls. Mm-hmm. So Ooh, imagine it's... smell fetch quest. <laughs> well, I, don't th- <laughs> I mean, I don't think you want these uh, these dragon balls because they're actually warp stone. Yes, yes. Ah, so good you if you're Skaven <laughs> or Rayway. 
I've seen what you do at night. <laughs> if you want just, it just feels so good on my skin. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it glow. Don't look at his search history either, folks. Just so you know. Makes me play young again. <laughs> Top 10 uses for warp stone. What does warp stone taste like? Why do I smell burnt toast? <laughs> so it's equivalent to a stroke. <laughs> I mean, I think having a stroke would be the best case option if you're around warp stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mommy, why do I have a third arm? Dang it, Timmy. Oh. Did you get into daddy's warp stone again? I mean, I'll, I'll cover what happens when a kid touches warp stone in like a little bit. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, so basically, it's raining warp stone across the planet. And this obviously is not OK. It creates it. It begins mutating a bunch of stuff. And this is this is basically the origin story for the beast. And obviously, so as these things start colliding, what the I believe it's the North Pole, the North Polar Gate. This one was the bigger one, or rather the uh, chaos incursion from the North Pole was a lot stronger there. So it caused like more debris to get shot into, into the sky. The thing is that because of how high the debris got shot out, it actually went into space and formed the, and formed the second moon. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, so, that's the green skull moon, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's Moore's Leap. Sweet. So... I want you to imagine there was a second moon hanging in the sky that's like nuclear puke green that has like a skull on it, like like the shadows on the moon. The shadows on the moon like form a skull, basically. What is this? A paradise world? <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Let's go there. Oh no! <laughs> oh boy! I mean, it is if you're chaos. Yeah. Yeah. So you know that's that's Moore's leave. It's not great. But so on top of that, not only was there, you know, chaos fragments and meteors running from these north from the north and south pole, but because Moore's leap is in the air, it sometimes hovers too close to the planet, and the planet's gravity causes Moore's leap to become structure unstable and causes more fragments from the moon to fall. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's not great for anyone at this point in time because of all the warp stone. <laughs> And if you direct yourself to the chat, I actually just posted a picture of the of the moon. It's like a paradise world. I like green. (laughs) Skaven. Uh Hmm, (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So um this is where I get to the origins of the beastmen. Now I say origins because no one knows. Like in universe, no one knows the origin of the beastmen. There are several possible origins. Um, about three of them are okay. The last one is really gross. So I'm is this involving Slanesh again? No, <laughs> <laughs> but it involves something that would make the Bretonian knights very happy. Oh boy! Mm. Oh no! <laughs> you just made me spit out my ale. <laughs> All right, so. The the most simple and the most boring one, but the one that's probably the safest one, is that all this warpstone mutated the uh, primitive humans that were around at this time into beast into like beast like hybrids, and it turned beasts into more human like hybrids. So that's like the safest one. That's the one that you could probably use if you wanted to introduce it to like kids, you know. Mommy, why are there half human, half animals? Oh, because magic turned goats into humans and humans into goats. Okay, thank you. 
Um, the more sciencey one that I like the most because it's not the gross yucky one <laughs> it is um, the warp stone basically poison the soil and the water. And because animals naturally have to sustain themselves on water and, you know, grass and whatever, it caused them to slowly be mutated. And, you know, predators would eat off of them, blah, blah, blah. It creates a cycle of it. That basically just turned animals into, like, mutated humanoid creatures, which I like. It's it's a bit better. But then another option is more focused on humans, which is that the warp stone mutated the minds of humans. And basically it transformed um, the human body to reflect their animalistic mind. Hmm. Hmm. Those are definitely so, safe options. Yeah, safe options, safe options. You guys ready for the gross one? I'm preparing the sensor button now. Why is that? Why is he saying SOS in Morse code? <laughs> <laughs> Send help, please. I need an adult. <laughs> I'm trapped with a zinch demon. Please help. <laughs> I am the help. <laughs> Damn it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so the gross one now. So, um, based on the warp stone, this one's similar to the other ones, is that it mutated humans and beasts, or like humans and animals around the world. And it basically made their bodies more like, I guess, susceptible to change, like more manipulate, more malleable. And it also drove animal, it drove the animals and humans like crazy because it's, you know, it's kind of like radiation poisoning. It drives them kind of mad. And so, because of that, because it kind of drives them crazy, it's also like being influenced by all four chaos gods at once. So it drives the animals to, you know, to violence. It drives humans and animals to violence. It drives them to bouts of insanity, just general insanity. It drives them to, you know, start making fucking pillars of shit and piss and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the slashy parts. You know, you have animals and humans that have very malleable, very susceptible bodies to change. That are basically going under um, insane amounts of manipulation by chaos, that they basically start interbreeding. There it is, the slowness time. Yep. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Get the patch yeah. ready. And, you know, normally humans and animals could not interbreed, but because, you know, chaos corruption and mutation makes their bodies more malleable and susceptible to change, it makes it so that they can basically reproduce and have children. And you know it's 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 horrible. You have cats and dogs being friends. It's awful, horrible place. Mass hysteria. It's raining green green space rocks. It's raining <laughs> stones. Hallelujah! It's raining stones. So yes, what yes. I'm getting from this is that they basically took the Scottish with the sheep fucking, but they actually made it real, <laughs> so they could reproduce. Is that is yeah, that where this is going? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we went there. Well, yes. Well, look. <laughs> look, I didn't make the joke, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Warhammer is kind of full with these kind of things, especially yeah. 40k. So uh, it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me that this was like a subtle jab at the, you know, the Scottishman. I mean, <laughs> wait till our fucking uh, ogre episode comes out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So the problem, though, is that, like I said, all these ones are possible canon. This last one is probably the most likely to be canon. No. So, <laughs> like, you know, sometimes GW does thing where it's like, oh, any of them could be possible. Any of them could be likely, which, you know, is great. The problem is that 
they often lean into one being more canon than the others, and they chose this one to be the more likely. <laughs> I mean, I get we want to make this grim and dark and stuff, but there is such thing as a too much, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, then it becomes grim dirk. Just ask, so, just ask any Iron Warriors fan about that. <laughs> fuck you, Hanzu. <laughs> okay, so you know the Beastmen. That's how the Beastmen are made. I don't, you know. Let's just kind of brush over that a little bit. Let's sweep it on the carpet fast. So, Thank you. <laughs> so that's how Beastmen are made, and the problem is that they also have an insanely fast growth rate, so they reach adulthood very fast and they reproduce very fast, which is also really bad. Because they have incredibly hardy bodies, which might be a result of the warp stone. So it means that they can basically survive almost anywhere. So all these founders combined make it so that they are very much a plague on the world. And because they're driven and because at this point chaos is basically invading, they're such a valuable resource that they're almost as numerous or almost as important to chaos's invasion as the demons themselves. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, but it's just like, but you said like they're also treated so lowly, even for chaos, that like, I don't know, help me wrap my head around that. It's, it's not that they're, tr- they're it's not that they're mistreated by chaos. It's that the set, it's that the people in the setting mistreat them or they undervalue them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So chaos sees them as like, as the Imperium would see the Imperial Guard, like they're invaluable to their research, to, to what they need. But everyone else doesn't see them as anything greater than, oh, it's just the Beastmen again. Hmm. Yes. Which I think right. is hilarious. Because, uh, yeah, because like when I mentioned, oh, Chaos invades and the Beastmen were just as important. You're like, what? Why are they not more important? Why is no one considering these guys a fucking threat nowadays? <laughs> just that one Beastman just standing in the corner. Am I a joke to you? Single tear coming out of his eye. <laughs> I mean, I'll cover one Beastman and what he did with that single tear. <laughs> And a bag full of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Swear one of these days you'll yeah. regret making fun of me. No more beastman swirlies for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, because of Chaos's invasion with the demon, they're kind of expanding, whatever. They're kind of attacking everyone. They actually were a huge threat to the lizard men who at this point were basically the dominant species and the dominant race on the planet. They were also fucking up the dwarves and the elves, but mostly the dwarves. So, Rip Gerald. Damn it. Am I joking, mean, you guys? <laughs> it's it's when, I, when we cover the dwarves, you'll realize that they're very much the uh, the punching bag of the universe. Grimgy, damn it. Well, okay, they're not the punching bag. They're very much like the wharf. Like they get warped a lot for a Star Trek reference. Where, oh man! Yeah, where they're like, "Oh, if you can take out the dwarves, you must be a threat," you know. Mm. So, um, well, so they basically invaded a lot of the dwarven holds, and they're the reason why a lot of dwarven holds actually fell, because um, some like basically some dwarven holds were able to hold on because their gods were able to make enough fortifications and enough um, special runes to keep chaos out, but those that didn't have the fortifications built in time or didn't get the chance to have their ruins inscribed, basically fell to the beastmen. So to take this back to the second episode where you talked about the dwarven goddess like scratching yeah. the runes on the doors to protect them from chaos, does that include the beastmen or is that like a whole separate thing like the Skaven? 
Um, it includes the beastmen, but it's it's it doesn't stop them. But it's very it's ba- basically if the runes keep the demons out, the fortifications keep the beastmen out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean demons can get demons because the, the fortifications still stop the demons, but the fortifications are more for physical threats than actual demonic threats, whereas the runes oh. are strictly demonic in nature. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. So you know the beastmen are on their they're they're on their little rampage of chaos and murder. As they should be, you know. <laughs> but on the bright side, well, bright side, bright side is relative given, you know, the world's kind of falling apart with chaos invading. Um, there were no dwarves or elf beast men, only humans. <laughs> so it says, a little, it says a little something about the elves and the dwarves versus the humans. So I'll take that win. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what's funny is that basically the only race that made the beastmen, the only race that were responsible for the beastmen were humans. Like every other race the old ones made did not make beastmen or could not become beastmen, depending <laughs> on however you want the origin story to be, which kind of explains something I'll go over a little bit and something I covered in our Sigmar episode. But yeah, so the beastmen, you know, they're a major threat up until um, the chaos invasion ends. For those who haven't seen our second episode or third episode, um, the elves and dwarves work together to basically hold chaos while a massive ritual is formed to basically siphon chaos out of the world. And it basically robs demons of their foothold in the world, which you would think would stop the beastmen. It does not. <laughs> ah, that's unfortunate. Like, yeah. Well, the beast, like I said, the beastmen are so inherently chaotic that even losing like the influence of the chaos gods does not stop them. Hmm. Like you'll always hear like the orcs like, Oh, kill the biggest orc. The other orcs will run away. That's a, that's a common thing in Warhammer in general. The beastmen are not the case. If you kill the biggest beastmen, all the beastmen will just keep fighting harder. <laughs> Cause they want to be Blood the top rage. dog, right? Yeah. They want to be the top dog and it's, Oh look, they killed our competition from killing more people. <laughs> <laughs> My turn. Yeah. Oh, look, they killed the guy on the top of the scoreboard. My turn. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't see why beastmen are disrespected. <laughs> it's like orcs on steroids. It's just Literally. like, oh, just like, oh, boy, the big guy is dead. Well, I guess I'm boss now. <laughs> Basically. Oh, I was going to say, it's, well, it's kind of like how the orcs are treated in 40K. It's just like they're more of the comic relief, even though they can be, t- they themselves can be terrifying too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yes. The thing is, though, is that the dwarves and elves, because chaos was basically no longer a threat, the elves and the dwarves could actually focus on, you know, the beastmen at this point. And so together, Malekith and Scory Whitebeard, our good old uh, guys from the second and third episode, actually yeah. led, uh, they led their own campaign of genocide against the beastmen and also the humans. <laughs> because um, the idea was... Well, the beastmen are a threat. Let's get rid of the beastmen because, you know, they're, they're fucking chaos monsters. They're creative chaos. But the problem is that because humans were technically responsible for them, and a lot of humans actually fell to the worship of chaos during chaos's invasion, um, the elves and dwarves saw humans as basically a liability. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't like it, but... <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Um, basically the elves and dwarves pushed the beastmen back as far as they could, you know, pushed them back and took territory, um, and basically corralled all the beastmen into a part of the world that would come to be called the old world. 
yes. So, for reference, the old world is where all the humans live, or where all the humans, where the human empire would eventually be formed. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. And what this means is that humans were basically prey animals to the beastmen. Like all the humans that lived in this region were a little more than like cattle for the beastmen predators who would constantly hunt the humans and see them as little more than prey and things to bully. And I mean that almost like literally like they will create they would create traps. I say create and I say traps in the most like <laughs> the most beneficial way more along lines of they would dig a hole and fill it with spikes and shit and then they would leave. <laughs> oh that's so beautiful. Yeah. That would be that's like their equivalent of a of a trap. <laughs> So, and they would, like, chase humans into, you know, these primitive traps. Again, it isn't just, you know, holes full of shit and spikes. But, you know, it's all these little, like, very almost basic, but also, like, really cruel traps. And then while the humans are stuck in them dying or suffering, they would just leave. Like, it isn't even to kill them, or it's literally just to, like, make them suffer and then, like, laugh and then leave. And leave and, like, just letting them suffer in pain. <laughs> Ooh, they just being a dick. Yeah, they're they're literally just dicks. <laughs> they're, they're, but the problem is that they're like you know top four on the being a dick spectrum in Warhammer Fantasy. <laughs> Not even good enough for the top three. No, number one is a Skaven. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Number one is a Skaven. Number two is the Gash, and number three is the fucking vampires, especially fucking Karstein. <laughs> <laughs> What about the what about that one guy that we shall not mention? Eh, he's okay. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't make the top. He doesn't make it. He doesn't make it. I was gonna say I thought he was just in the category on his own as much as you hate him. No, no, he's Karstein. That's Karstein. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, fuck that guy. <laughs> I want to cover vampires. All right, so well, I want to cover vampires. I just don't want to cover him because fuck that guy. Yeah, we can just right, skip so. over the vampires. <laughs> <In general. laughs> this is how the world would basically be for humans, especially for like hundreds of years, up until the War of the Hammer, where the most manliest man to ever man would be born, Sigmar himself. And it came in, holy crap, it's with a steel chair! Basically... So Sigmar was Sigmar for those who don't know, he's like the emperor equivalent. He's a regular human who basically ends up conquering all the human tribes, very similar to the emperor in the Great Crusade. And he basically leads his own campaign of genocide against the orcs and the beastmen to basically retake the old world for the humans. I'm kind of like summarizing it fast, but like if you care about Sigmar, you probably watched our Sigmar, you probably listened to our Sigmar episode. But some of the things that Sigmar would do is that because the beastmen are so strong in the forest, especially, is that he would basically burn all the forests <laughs> and force the beastmen out. And while they're like fleeing out of the burning woods, he, on top of cavalry, would would run the, would run the beastmen down while archers would shoot them as they were running into clearings and fields. <laughs> Based, it's just, it's a smart technique. It's, it's a yeah. beautiful technique. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, you also have to include the fact that burning the forest made more more territory for you know cities and walls. Yeah. So, 
he didn't bring down all of Boris, just most of them. And the basement basically became a the basement became non-existent because of the genocide that he led against them. Uh. <laughs> but those that survived, they they didn't just survive, they fucking like thrived in the deepest, darkest, most like difficult to reach woods and forests. And they stayed there where they would basically let this hatred and rage and just resentment fester and grow and build. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> like yeah. you have all these people that are inherently chaotic and evil and you just segregate them in, in, into this one region where they just start building and this rage and this almost like, I guess, nostalgia for like better days just builds and grows and just continuously like rises up in intensity and it it leads to a number of beastmen invasions that some of them are so like so intense and so extreme and they don't even have the backing of chaos when it happens like you know a chaos invasion is a big thing but the beastmen invasions are also big things and they don't even have chaos's backing when these happen Oof. yes and the thing is that the Empire also makes these invasions worse somehow. Because <laughs> everything must get worse in Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Well, oh. I mean, yes. Um, so, you know, because beastmen are inherently like mutants at the at the core of it, a lot of mutants in the Empire are seen with the same amount of disdain as the beastmen. So because of this, a lot of beastmen are or rather not be spent. A lot of um, mutant humans, like hum- like even humans that have minor mutations, are considered like exiles or considered unwanted. And they are basically wanted to be like forced off, like out. So like you could be a child that is born with a mutation. And because of this, you're basically like forced from your home to basically go live in the woods. <laughs> like, mm. you know, how a lot of people do that. Like, get out of here, go fucking leave. Or you could even be a baby. And you could have like just some minor mutations and you are basically left in the woods. Like a parent will take this newborn baby, leave it in the woods to basically have like nature take care of it. And then it will leave that baby alone, not knowing that this baby is basically being taken by the beastmen to be raised by them. Not only having another member join their ranks, but having another Another, you know, another soul that ju- that wants just as much vengeance as them to join their ranks. All right, so I have a couple of questions off of that. Yes. First one is what specific mutations, like, obviously in 40K, it's a little bit different with your ab humans, but like how, how much is too much for to warrant abandoning your infant to the wilderness Spartan style? Um, that depends on... Um, I guess it depends on the uh, cult that you follow. Like, for example, the religion. Like, if you if you're a good Sigmar fearing individual, like you should be. Um, anything that is, how do you put it? Anything that separates too much from the human form, like you know the whole thing where it's like, oh, you're too far removed from, you know, the ideal human form. So you know, maybe you're like, I wouldn't say missing an arm is too much, but like. Maybe if you have like an extra limb or something, and you might think you're born with an extra limb, how is that possible? You have to remember that warp stone is a thing and chaos corruption are things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, okay, 
there's kind of a thing where Moore's Leap, I'm, I'm covering this because this is kind of also related to Beastman. When Moore's Leap's moon is full, like when there's a full moon, a lot of like the um, warp stone and a lot of the magic from the moon actually like seeps onto the planet because, you know, there's so much more, there's so much more of the moon's light touching the planets that a lot of the chaos corruption from the moon itself can also lead to mutations to the point that you shouldn't be outside during the full moon or rather it's not, it's not like, Oh, you're going to get a mutation, but it's more like, Hey, you should probably stay inside if it's a full moon outside kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So, so the other question yes, is I guess, and then this will probably depend, but what, how does that not, the infant being abandoned we'll go back to that example how does that not uh i guess the first uh i don't know the first beastman that comes upon it how does how do they instinctively know to accept it as one of their own as opposed to just kill it and eat it like a you know as a wild animal would um it depends on the animal but a lot of times it's a female beastman who will find it and the female beastmen are a lot more maternal than the male beastmen's so there's there's a degree because again the beastmen have some humanity to them. I don't I shouldn't say humanity. They have some human traits to them, and even animals have a sense of maternal figure. Have a certain have a sense of like motherhood. Like female animals will often fight and die to protect their young. So it's very much a similar concept where a female beastman will find an infant and will instantly like relate to them and want to take them in. Oh okay. Yes, and then sometimes male beastmen will find a another child and see it as like, oh, I can like take you and I can corrupt you or I could eventually see you as a potential mate in the future because mm. beastmen are awful and disgusting and really just evil, evil creatures. <laughs> oh. Yes. So, I mean, there's, there's, those are like the, like Morsley being a full moon is one of the things that can cause people to become beastmen. But there are other ways beastmen will add to their ranks aside from that. Um, beastmen mm-hmm. will, if a beastman attacks a village and they take people, like they kidnap them, they'll either use you as like a sacrifice, which often means you'll be like tortured and then, you know, sacrificed on those mountains of shit and corpses. So, you know, just add to the pile. Ooh. Can, um, or... can, can beastmen corrupt humans to become beastmen? Yes, that's the other way. That's what that's another way they can do it. So oh. if you remember, this is another if you remember when I said um uh you base you, your body transforms into like to match your mind basically. Uh mm-hmm. the beastmen if they don't sacrifice you will torture you and poison you like you know with actual poisons and shit and they'll basically corrupt you uh physically and mentally in that you basically become it's very much similar to like Stockholm syndrome, where you okay. basically are locked in a cage. You're basically treated like an animal constantly to the point that you might even start thinking you yourself are an animal. Or like there are instances in real life where someone's like locked in their room or whatever for like years and they become very animalistic. They act very like primitive in a way. And it's very similar okay. to that, where you will basically be tortured and like basically gaslit and and um, manipulated <laughs> until you start to like think yourself just as much a beast as the beastmen, and your body because of the um, the chaotic influence of the beastmen themselves just being around you and their nature itself, you your you yourself will actually start to become beastmen. 
Like you become uh-huh. an animalistic human hybrid kind of thing. So even if you kill all the beastmen except like one male beastman, the point that there shouldn't be any like procreation possible, as long as one beastman is alive to like corrupt another human to join their ranks, they can grow. Yeah, it makes sense. Like all okay. the traits of the evil races is together in one. Mm-hmm. I should also mention the beastmen corrupt their environment, similar to like how orcs can terraform a planet in 40k, wherein if beast if there's enough beastmen in like a forest, I'm using forest because a lot of because they live predominantly in forests, the forest will become darker. Like the canopies will become thicker. So at night it becomes hard to see. Your torches might not produce as much light. Like it's almost like the shadows from from the forest are fighting against the light you bring into it. Ooh. Uh, creepy. Yeah. So you know, if you're in Beastman territory, you better be fucking ready to, you know, fight at any any at any point. I mean, that just gives credence to the whole fairy tale thing of don't go into the dark forest at night, kids. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's that's very true. Um, so to quickly go over that one beastman that I was mentioning though, you know, the one who was crying in the corner, just <laughs> poor me. No more beastman swirlies for me, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Am I a joke um, to you guys? <laughs> why am I always considered a joke? Why are why are my people considered a joke? Looks at mountain full of piss and shit and corpses. Oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> you have another beastman who has like who stole glasses and is like examining it. Truly, this is art. Or specimen. It makes me think of that that um, meme with the two cars where you could you can see a beastman. He goes up to like a car. He goes up to like um, the Empire of Bands, like steam the steam tank, like the steam powered tank, and he's like slapping. He's like, I like this. He taps the mountain of of piss and shit and corpses. Yeah. I like this one better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. The beastmen are fun. The beastmen are fun. So, um, to go over this beastman in particular, the one that kind of does the who you know gets revenge mostly. So, the particular beastman that we're going to cover just really fast. So I'm not going to make this episode isn't going to turn into you know all about him because it's really short lived what he actually does. But this particular beastman, oh boy, the beastman names are, are kind of funny. A lot of them are just kind of words that sound mean but <laughs> this one's called Gorthor the Cruel <laughs> <laughs> very creative I wonder how we got that name uh, um okay if you want to know it's because his it's because he grunts and it sounds oddly like he's saying cruel with how he grunts and growls <laughs> 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 Like okay. just because of how he words, like the way he talks, like you know his his snarls and his growls, it sounds like cruel. So that's just how we that's his title now. <laughs> but um, during the 15th century of the imperial calendar, which is actually like right around, I believe, the Skaven invasion. If I'm right, no, this is during the Three Emperor period. Actually, I'm wrong about this. So during the uh, beginning of what would become the War of the Three Emperors, um, Gorthor the Cruel actually has like all this resentment built up over like, you know, literally hundreds of years 
that's like culminated into like a single just massive like desire to go back to the old ways, the olden days of when the beastmen were ruling everything. And so he basically amasses the largest ever concentration of beastmen to ever like in all of in all of uh, Warhammer fantasy history. Ooh. Yes. And because the beastmen are inherently in the old world, he gathers all them in this region and basically starts what could be equivalent to a Gene Sealer cult uprising. Where you know when when they strike, it's already too late. Tell us you have resentment issues without telling us you have resentment issues. <laughs> I mean, basically. So during this basically this invasion of beastmen, um, for people who don't know, the empire is made up of thirteen provinces, or you know, plus or minus a couple, depending on the civil war that's going on at the current time. And during this invasion. They they don't just like destroy. I mean, they basically decimate. Like they raise almost every single city across two provinces. Ooh, <laughs> a lot of destruction there. Scanning. Just dust and echoes. Yes, and in the place of every single one of those cities, they build one of their you know their territory mounds. Oh, yeah. To reiterate, yeah. that is one big pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's how they it's how they say their territory. It's where they it's how they know where where to where to hunt. And I should also mention that they kill one of the elector counts and steal his rune fang, which Ooh, double oof. Yes, uh, Gerald, what's a rune fang? It is a special sword that was gifted by Sigmar to the original. Uh, to the original leaders of the tribes that joined him. And each one is unique to each province, and you cannot mistake one for the other. And that's basically like their sign of leadership, so to speak. Yes. It's also, it's, it's you know, it's Game of Thrones. It's a Valyrian steel sword. It's, it's your house's sword. If you don't, it's it's also something it's like a king's crown, where like just having it, it doesn't like make you the king, but it's almost like a symbol of your authority. Like if you're, if you're a kid, if you're like, if you're an electoral count who doesn't have his sword, it's almost like, you know, it's a huge insult, basically. Are you even an electoral count then? <laughs> kind of, yeah, basically. So, I also think they threw his sword or they added the sword itself to one of their mounds because, like, you know. Well, truth be told, if my rune thing was lost to that big pile of shit, I probably wouldn't want to go in and save it either. <laughs> keep it. I can keep it at that point. <sighs> the sword in the stone, like the sword in the skit. <laughs> so I bathed for two the... weeks straight. I still can't get the stains out. <laughs> or the smell. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. There's the rune fang, blood glitter. Who, whose blade has been stained red from all the blood it's consumed. And there's Shit Sitter, whose blade has been stained brown for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to imagine a territory mound just like so bad, even Nurgle has to be like, oh, dude, put on some deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> so, guess how many people died from this one beastman invasion? Yes. Um, uh, over two million people. Okay. 
that, that's but this is on a singular planet right like in, in yeah. like one province yeah all right okay yeah. because two million in like warhammer 40k numbers that's like nothing yeah so. that's one imperial guard regiment having a bad day yeah <laughs> and it's still called a victory <laughs> imperial victory <laughs> <laughs> really, absolute like, victory. <laughs> it's a wonder why the humans haven't gone extinct in fantasy, at least. Mm. Because they always have someone, like they always have one dude who is just like, you know what? Stop fucking fighting. Fucking deal with this issue. Yeah. <laughs> so the humans are basically like the beating stick in in fantasy. Then, well, they're the animated characters who gets their shit kicked in, and then they get a power up, and then they're back to being the main character again. <laughs> Uh, okay. So no wonder all the anime references for Sigmar were true. <laughs> he seeped it seeped into them. <laughs> <laughs> now, the th- the sad thing though, the sad thing about our boy, our great glorious beastman, the one who wanted to make beastman great again, Gorth or the Cruel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, he would eventually die. <laughs> now, as as a ama- as justified as his death was, again, he killed two million people and like you know, based and literally destroyed almost every city and village across two provinces. Um, you know, it, it's still sad to see him die because the beastmen were shit on for so long. He was kind of their uh, I don't want to say their messiah figure, but you know, their hero character only for him to you know die, <laughs> and he also. He also ironically dies to the horse fuckers. Uh, oh, the irony. It is not lost on us here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, Bretonia realized, hey, you guys have a beastman problem. Allow us. And basically let a cavalry charge of basically Captain America's on the wing Tassars into uh, the Empire. <laughs> Avengers! <laughs> And yes, it's 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 just it's as cool as it sounds. <laughs> Lovely. And of course, the empire gets its rune fang back, which is a good thing. But you know, they probably want to let it soak in some really strong alcohol for a while. <laughs> empire win. Mm-hmm. Now, you might mention I said this was in the 15th century that the beastmen did this. In the imperial calendar, it's currently the 2500s. Like, it's like 25th, 26th century, which means that for the last thousand years, the Beastmen have basically gone back to being a nuisance. Mm. Um, so the best way to explain the, the Beastmen is they're very much like a feast and famine kind of kind of race. They're very seasonal in that they start off very small, I say in quotation marks, in terms of their influence and their threats to the wider, to the wider world. And then they build and grow and grow in numbers and resentment until they eventually explode into basically a tsunami of, you know, murder and <laughs> shit and piss. <laughs> murder. <laughs> and then, you know, they're eventually defeated and pushed back. But, you know, they're they're a big enough threat. That doesn't mean that the beastmen aren't, you know, aren't, again, a constant threat because they are. It's more that when they have those big events, they're huge events, but they don't happen enough to be like, 
for the Beastmen to be considered a constant threat, despite the fact that they are always, like, they're always present as some form of, like, danger to the world. Does that make sense? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. But, but, you know, I'd be wrong. I'd be lying if I ignored all the uh, the Black Crusade equivalents that Chaos led, and Beastmen were kind of just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like nope. imagine like Abaddon's like, hey, I'm leading a Black Crusade. I need your help. And you're just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm really going to work on this mountain that I'm building. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks I just but... got a load of new feces. I got my work <laughs> planned for me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my weekend's pretty full right now. Sorry. <laughs> But, you know, the, the Beastmen are powerful. They're their own thing. But um, that's mostly their history. Their culture is actually pretty interesting, though. Which you might think, culture? Beastmen? That sounds very impossible. <laughs> I was just about to say, given everything you just described them, described about them, seems like there's just like, no. Rock plus <laughs> equals hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. No, um, so... Beastman Society, quotation marks, because Beastmen don't have any reading or writing. The closest thing to, like, former scripture they have is the, you know, the torture runes they carve on your body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we are, we are the scripture. And it sounds very Imperium, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We ran out of paper. Good thing we have skin. <laughs> All right, bring in the next servitor. We ran out of skin for this one. <laughs> so... Beastman society, though, what what there is of society and like culture and everything is actually based on their horns on their head. So the horns on a beastman's head are actually considered a major sign of they're very much similar to like indigenous cultures in terms of hair in that the bigger your horns, the more um, impressive you are, because similar to like, I believe it's beavers and like other forms of certain animals, their horns, just like their teeth continue to grow. Like you don't stop growing throughout their lives. So you can kind of, so similar to like orcs who, you know, the bigger orc is a leader. You can tell that the bigger, um, the bigger the beastmen, like the bigger the beastmen's horns are, the more likely they are to be the leader of a tribe or the more like older they are, the more powerful they should be. Or I guess like to put this in uh, Game of Thrones terms, like the Dothraki, like the longer their braids, the more, the more of a badass they are. And if you've never gone without the feet, you just let your hair grow essentially. Yeah, basically. Sweet. Yes. Mm. Yes. Although beastmen, that's that doesn't mean that like like let's say me and you're having a duel and like both of us have equally sized horns. That doesn't mean that just because you beat me, you're gonna rip the horns off my head. That's not all the case. Because <laughs> if you beat me in a duel, there's a good chance you're gonna snap my neck and then eat me. <laughs> ah, so just like the ogres. Yes. And then you're gonna like take my like fur and my skin, and you're gonna make it into a nice cake. Ah, good. Winter <laughs> is coming after all. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um because you know how, like, you know, for whatever reason, you know, space marines and shit have, like, their, their standard bearers, their flags that are, like, you know, symbols of symbols of great heroism and bullshit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beastmen have that, too, except instead of flags of, you know, heraldry and victory, it's the furs of their fellow beastmen that they've defeated in battle. <laughs> oh. And do you know why they do this? It's meant to be no. a mockery of humanity. <laughs> Oh. oh, so basically, they seen like they they saw humans, you know, doing these things like putting up their standards and their flags and shit. And they're like, "Oh, 
That's cool. I'm going to do that too. <laughs> hey, Billy, come here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need your fur, right? And it's considered like, okay, it's not considered. It's more just like if, you're, if your standard is ever dry, like if it, there's never fresh blood on it, it's a bad thing. Ah, uh, hmm. <laughs> haven't killed and, anyone in a while, eh? You, yeah. you okay there, bud? <laughs> <laughs> and they go over with the horns. They'll also add the horns to it. So I want you to imagine, like, like a like a, a standard that's like just a bunch of furs that have been like sat, stacked top of itself and kind of like almost like sutured together or even just like kind of forced together with blood that's kind of just dried together. And then, like, mm-hmm. all over the top of it, even the sand itself is, like, decorated in, like, horns that have been, like, forcibly overlaid and, like, forced together to, like, stack together. So it is, like, this really cool image that you can just imagine, like, these, like, massive um, war herds that have massive amounts of these standards that are decorated in these, like, collections of, of um, horns and furs and shit like that. So you know who to run from when you see how decorative all their standards and stuff are, then. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's a. I think it's a really cool image and concept, and it's really fun that it's. It's literally just meant to be an insult to humanity, like a mockery of what they have. Yeah. <laughs> he says yes. I, it's, it, I, it's see, cool. I see your flag, and I raise you a fur. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice flag you got there, but it has too much red, not enough piss. <laughs> I can imagine like one bit, bit like a little bit of first falling off. He's like, shit, hang on, hang on, hang on. Throws it down, literally shits on it, and he like taps. He's like, hey, good to go. Let's go. And he lifts it back up. Ugh. Beastmen are gross. <laughs> they are yeah. something. Yeah. Now, like I said, the horns are the most important part of their culture and society. Everything else honestly doesn't matter. <laughs> And I mean that literally, like, because the beastmen aren't just goats. Like, yeah, like what Obi was describing them having a goat features. That's the most basic and most common form of of um of the of beastmen. But that's not like that's what we call them. We call them beastmen. They're actually among their people called, or rather, I shouldn't say people. They're actually a number of like subspecies that are called gores. If you know the Thousand Suns, you know the Zan Gores. It's yeah. it's a similar concept. Yeah. Oh, so okay. gores are the are basically the how would you put it? you know how humans are homo sapien gores are basically that like gore or something or something gores are how you would identify the breed of beastmen uh, okay okay yeah because there so, is like a zangor model for uh uh like the zinch side of demons for the in the aos uh model line yes 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 because Beastmen and Zangors are a big thing, but um, so the like the what's it called the goat ones are the most common one, and they have the dumbest name. Just personally, I think it's the dumbest name for what they're identified as because they're called Caprigors. I oh, mean, so it makes like sense. Capri sons, but like with uh, yeah with goat 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 features. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but eh. I, I see what you mean, though. Yeah, <laughs> like they're not the, my biggest, they're not my favorite one. Then you have the, uh, I believe it's the goat one, not the goat ones. Well, I just we just went over the goat ones. The ones that are more bovine, like the ones that are more like cow, because there are there are cowish ones, and those are the bovigors. You know, bovine. <laughs> okay, that's even a little <laughs> bit more ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I kind of like the um, 
don't know. I kind of like I kind of like the Bovi Gores more than the Capri Gores in terms of names because like the Capri Gores, it's it's really on the nose, whereas the Bovi Gores, you don't they're they're a bit more rare and they're less like seen in terms of like artwork anyway. Mm-hmm. And also because the the Bovi Gores are related to Minotaurs. Ah, oh, that's true. So you know they're they're a bit more they're. I don't know. I, I like the Bovi Gores. I can I can ignore the Bovi Gores more than the Capri Gores. <laughs> then you have the I don't want to say the hybrids between them, but more like the um the bastard child, oh. which are the Ungores. And the reason they're called Ungores is because they're very unlike the regular Gore types, and that's because they have horns. Like they could look like goats or or um oxes or or whatever. The thing is that their horns are often like they're misshapen in some way. Like unlike others who have horns that are like almost symmetrical and like very almost grand, extravagant in their design, the Ungor's horns are asymmetrical. They're often like bastardly designed, or they could even be broken by a rival. So, for example, let's say I defeat uh, Gerald and he's a Caprigor and I break his horn or I twist it out of shape. He could be considered an Ungor because of the insult I've given to him. You have broken my horn. How dare you pay me this insult? Yeah, they could have. Now, that doesn't mean that they're always bastards because some Ungors, because of how different they are, they can afford to make their horns more extreme. But, you know, they're they're more there. They're more like they're either like, okay, they're either the bastards or they're really cool because of how different their horns can become. It's one or the other for them. Yes. Okay. Then you have the Brays, which are like, they're they're more birdy. They're more closer to like the Zangors because Zangors in in 40k are a mix mm-hmm. of the goats and birdie and bird kind of types. So these yeah, ones, yeah. so yes, yeah, so these ones have more of their bird form. Um, but they are they kind of lack they kind of lack horns almost completely in some cases. Like they they almost have no horns, and so because of that, they're seen. Like, if the Ungors are seen as the bastards, the Braves are seen as the illegitimate child, as the unwanted child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, sorry sorry for those guys. Sorry for those guys, you know. Rip, rip my... Bartender, rip my... pour one out for them. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck that. They don't, need, they don't need that. They're fucking beastmen. Never mind, bartender, put it back in the keg. It's already on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll get our balancers to lap it up. Um... So I mentioned those ones. Now you might be wondering, okay, what about the ones that turn? Like, what about those who turn into it? Like, let's say I get turned into a beastman. Where do I fall in? Well, you're called a turn skin, not to be confused with foreskin. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I was actually googling how they looked while you were saying it, but I think I'll skip this one. <laughs> 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 delete searches. Delete, delete searches. Uh, abort. Abort. <laughs> I hope my wife doesn't find out. <laughs> okay. Hey, if it's just, what's what's wrong with a little tongue? <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, now these guys, they don't have horns, or if they do have horns, it's very, very minor, and. They are basically seen as the very lowest. Like, I say the lowest on a total when, like, again, yeah, I can say, oh, the Ungors are the bastard child, and the Braves are the lowest, the illegitimate child, the turn skins. But the thing is that 
at the end of the day, Beastmen are at the end of the day a very, very equal in that all of them are at the bottom society. <laughs> it's more just who's gonna be who's gonna be bullied today, and it's, <laughs> and at the end of the day, turns are basically every day, whereas the Braves are every other day, and the Ungors can be like every couple days to oh no, they're never gonna get bullied because they're fucking cool kind of guys. <laughs> <laughs> The people who once again, should... every faction has that one group that's just always on the shit list, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Those are the turn skins, poor guys. What's really funny is it's not even their fault. It's literally just like I got kidnapped and then tortured, and then I became like mentally broken and became a beastman, and now I'm basically shoveling shit into this giant mountain. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Sounds like you need a little bit of emperor's mercy there, don't you? <laughs> Sounds like another uh, another Monday morning to me. <laughs> uh, so, the people who are never on the shit list, though, of of it, well, I shouldn't say they're 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 never on the shit list because beastmen are hinderly chaotic. Is the shamans, and the reason why shamans are almost never like on the shit list of the of the beastmen, is because are you gonna pick a fight with the guy who shoot lightning out of his hands? <laughs> Uh, no, no, I won't. <laughs> Generally, not best practice to do so. Yeah, I refuse um, to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, the idea is like, oh well, I mean, you're you like you could be an ungore shaman, so you could literally be like, considered like the the bottom of the barrel for the most part. But because you can cast magic and throw fireballs in in beastman society, because you're technically like in a way closer to the gods than anyone else. You're almost given like a pass, almost like political or not political, almost like, uh, yeah, like political immunity. Like, oh, we can't, we're not going to touch you because you have the gauze on your side, basically. Diplomatic immunity. Huh. And yeah, um, and it kind of gets to the point. And the, because of this, a lot of shamans, like even if you could be the bottom of the shamans, a lot of them go to the top of the totem pole in terms of like hierarchy, but they're never the very top. They're never like first. They're always like second in command. And the reason why is because because they can because they can still use magic. That doesn't mean that they aren't like physically strong. They could still probably be overpowered by another uh, by another gore. So for example, I could be a um a, a, a Capri gore, and then I could go up to a ungore shaman, and he could become my second in command. But because he's not a full gore, he's not like considered like on my level in terms of physicality. I could easily just snap his neck. Even if he can cast fireball, he can still snap his neck. So he's always like beside me. And the reason why they're beside is because you kind of want that religious figure or rather that like level of, you know, magical power beside you as some level of, of um, what's the word? You know, you need that in your court basically to support you. High morale basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, you know, shamans are there. Like they're, they're always second in command. They're never first. But, so who was always you know. first? Huh? So who was always first then? That would be the top of them, which I believe are called uh, Beast Lords, is what the top of their society is called. Hmm. Yes, it basically means that you are, yeah, I think you're, it's either a Beast Lord or a Herd Lord is the actual name. But the idea is that you are the, you're very, you're like, you're basically, um, 
how to put this like a lion you're like the you're like the the the, the male lion in it in that you are you're the top of the totem pole. No one's going to challenge you. Someone could challenge you. Anyone could challenge you. But because you've earned the right to be the strongest, both by fact of your horns are the are longest and you just earn that many victories, no one's going to challenge you unless they want to die. <laughs> and because of the fact that you have, because you have the authority of being the Beast Lord or the Herd Lord or whatever you, I believe it's called Beast Lord, um, because you're at the top, yeah, right, Beast Lord's in my notes. Um, because you're at the very top of that, it also means that you have, what's it called, the privilege of having the most mates. <laughs> Except during uh, the full moon. Except during the full moon. So, <laughs> which, okay, to, to cover that really fast, to cover it really fast, so I'm going to cover it later. Beastman, like, reproduction is that if you're at the top of the totem pole, if you're at the top of it, you can, rep- you can always have mates. You can always have a number of mates. But... Like, basically, the higher you are, the more mates you can have. Similar to, like, Tau Society. Haha, uh-huh. fuck you, fish people. Blue fish people. <laughs> um, but the thing is that during during the full moon, which happens once a month, the uh, the beastmen basically get really rowdy. And they basically have... They have beast orgies. Oh. And it basically... And... Uh, <laughs> It's described very some. I'm going to use the example from one of my favorite series, which is the Elric of Melibene series. And during, um, they have a similar situation, they have a similar, um, like ceremony. And the idea is it's basically a, a murder orgy, similar to the Eldar, where it's, it's, it's said that basically as many beastmen that die during the ceremony, twice as many will be born in the next season. Oh. Huh. Well then, yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's like happened. a Dothraki wedding. A wedding with about twelve, at least five deaths is uh, considered dull. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this happens once a month. And beastmen actually, um, they have litters, so it isn't just one child. They have several children at once. Do they come so, with horns ready, or <laughs> no? You grow, you grow, you grow. As you get older, your horns get bigger. Oh or my God. thank God! Yeah, yeah. Rip thank up God. the mother. <laughs> oh boy yeah yes um and for reference the female beastmen are called beast women and i believe <laughs> they don't have horns like the, the distinguishing feature about them is that they don't have horns considered very gentle among beastmen society but they're still considered like vicious predators to like everyone else so i was I'm just much- about to say like if they're gentle among beastmen society, how are they towards other factions? Yeah, they're gentle in terms of beastmen. Like compared, like they're very, they're considered like um, what's the word? They're they're considered very soft to beastmen, but that doesn't mean that like, oh, I'm 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 the it's like I'm the nicest gangster. <laughs> I'm the nicest yeah. serial killer you'll ever you'll ever meet. You know, you're still brutal and vicious, but compared to the other guys, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and like I said, the beast women, the female beastmen, are always the ones who will take the young. Like they'll, like you know, they have the maternal instinct to take care of them. So, you know, they're nice. They're nicers. They're nicer ones. So, is it like back to the like they take kids with mutations? Like, do a lot of these beast women actively go out looking for infants to pick up and take back to their 
uh, to their camp, or is it just like they just happened to find an they infant that to. was left in? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They they don't actively look for it. Although I shouldn't say they don't. They don't because there are instances where a, a village might willingly sacrifice their children to a beastman tribe in exchange for not being killed. Very similar to um, a Game of Thrones reference would be cast would be Craster, where like he gives yeah. his he gives his sons away. It would be very similar to the concept where a village might sacrifice their they might sa- they might give away a child who doesn't have a mutation uh, to be picked up by a beast woman who will take this child and like an infant child and will go through the process of turning them into a turn skin. Ah, uh. yes. So even if you aren't mutated, um, just taking you could make you into a beastman. Hmm. Yes. So they always have a way to expand their numbers. Kind of says a lot yeah. more about the villagers that actively abandon the uh, the kid than real than it does about the beastmen, though. So <laughs> who's really the bad guy in this equation? Yeah, but it also it also raises the question: Would you willingly sacrifice them? If it meant that your village wasn't going to get attacked that day, and then every child and every man, woman, and child in your village would potentially get turned into a into a into a turn skin. Ooh, yeah, that's a tough. That's a bit of a tough choice to make. Yeah. Yes, and then I mentioned them before. I'll mention them now. The fucking Minotaurs. Because we must always have a Greek mythology reference here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I mean, centaurs are also a type of beastman, so I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Bretoni can't keep getting away with this! <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about, the, about minotaurs, though, that makes them my favorite, one, because they're arguably better. <laughs> they're, they're, they have a sense of um, animalistic nobility to them, is the best way to put like what makes a minotaur different from beastmen. Is on top of, you know, being... Nobility. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Where all the beastmen, they're very much chaos undivided. Minotaurs, they're slanted more towards corn, or rather, they have a more corn more corn esque nature to them. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't mean that they'll like let you live if you prove to be a good fighter, but they'll savor the fight more. Where beastmen will be like, "Oh, you could be like the best swordsman in the world. I'll still fucking kill you." A minotaur might be like, oh, you're the best fighter in the world. Well, I'll drag this fight out. Both because I want to hurt I want to, I want to, I want you to hurt me as much as I want to hurt you, kind of thing. That's a lot of masochism right there. Slanesh has entered the chat. No, 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 send her back. (laughs) (laughs) The power of Asturiani compels you. (laughs) The power of Grungi rebukes you. (laughs) Yes, minotaurs are really cool, though. I like they very much are my favorite. That's also because beastmen, or rather, basically the minotaurs are beastmen to the beastmen in that, remember how I said chaos needs to basically beseech and wrangle uh, the beastmen? The minotaurs are the same way to the beastmen. <laughs> oh. Like, they're so, the beast, the minotaurs are so almost inherently chaotic that they're very insular. And so in order to get a minotaur to join a uh, war herd, which is what the which is basically equivalent to a space marine chapter or a guard regiment for the for the beastmen. They have to almost like entice them with food 
and blood. Like, oh, you wanna you wanna kill something? Well, come join us. We have a good fight waiting for you. And if a minotaur or minotaur herd feels that they aren't like given what they aren't given, like what's the word? The fight they're promised, they'll immediately turn on the war herd after the battle. <laughs> no. Yeah. I should also mention that Minotaurs never stop growing. So they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, um, well, okay. I'll see if I can find the picture right now. But there are some Minotaurs that have grown so big and so, like, mutated. And I should also mention when I say they never stop growing, I also mean they never stop mutating. So there's one. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have seen it, but it's a Minotaur who is about the size of a small giant has six legs and I believe two sets of mouths. Oh boy. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, hey, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean when I say it. They're very vicious <laughs> and very cool and they never stop running. And the only way to like stop them is to kill them. But the only reason Minotaurs never reach that height is because they're killed before they can reach that they can reach those heights. And usually the only way that happens and the way they like take down a minotaur that if you're not a human or like, you know, something strong enough is the beastman will turn on them. So in those situations where, like I said, a, a minotaur feels they haven't been given the, um, you know, the proper fight, what they were promised, the only way to stop the minotaur is to kill them. If you're a beastman. Huh. Yep. 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 So what if he try? Um, so what if some crazy electric count decides to try and pull a cryptman? And steer these minotaurs towards like a huge horde of orcs. You know where I'm going with this? Like, what happens at like w- w- what happens in this fight? <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, you better hope they stay where they stay there and not grow and get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to remember that before Sigmar like conquered the old world, beastmen and and orcs were fighting for that region during those early years. So. Mm. Yes, but those are the those are the beasts that you would find like in the more in the old world. There are other types that I'll kind of mention, but they're not they're not that big. They're not like huge things. Like you got the Aqua, I think they're called the Aquamen, and they're basically similar to like the uh, the people of Ensmith from uh, the HP Lovecraft stories, where they're kind of like toad people. Mm. Yes, hmm. those ones are very similar. Hmm. Those are very, very heavy on HP Lovecraft, where it's like, oh, sacrifice your children to us. Those are some of those cases where it's like, sacrifice your children to us to join our ranks. You got the uh, ape men, which are half human, half apes, half monkeys kind of things. They have like elong- elongated arms and they're a bit more intelligent. But my favorite ones, and these are my favorite fucking ones, are the, uh, <laughs> what are they called? The, uh, I think they're called tiger men. But they're basically um they're 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 tiger beastmen. So yes, the beastmen in the uh the beastmen they're called tiger men. They were actually they're smarter and stronger. I say quotation marks because you know you don't want to say they're stronger before it starts to get redundant, but um they're stronger than regular beastmen to the point they're considered more of a threat. Um, but they only exist in Grand Cathay, which is the um, China equivalent, like the Chinese Empire equivalent. And I believe it's the the Dragon Emperor who Gerald was making fun of. He actually led a war of genocide against them and didn't succeed because of how powerful they are. How much of a nuisance they are more so. 
but I posted a picture of what the tiger men look like, and they're kind of what you'd imagine. They're tiger, they're they're tiger who sound on two legs. Oh, that's hmm. cool. Yes. Okay. Um, and you know, unlike other beastmen in the old world, they're more civilized. Again, I say question marks. <laughs> <laughs> they're so uncivilized. <laughs> Although I'd be I'd be doing Cathay super injustice and the beastman if I didn't mention the monkey king, who was a a beastman who was an who was an ape who was an who was an ape beastman. And he he was basically meant to be a reference to Sun Wukong. There isn't very much on him. <laughs> I was just about to say, so GW is ripping off Journey to the West now. Well, have you have you have you heard of GW? Every they rip off everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tracks. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he was he's called he was called the Monkey King, and he actually had a, there was a period where he was he was a huge nuisance to Grand Cafe, and actually did okay. I don't want to say he defeated the Dragon Emperor because the Dragon Emperor is equivalent to the God Emperor of Mankind from 40k. But there was a period of time where he actually usurped the throne from him and was actually ruling Grand Cathay for uh, centuries and had actually plunged it into periods of chaos and anarchy. So, you know, I, I, I don't see why people say the Beastmen are, you know, not a threat. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to pull a uh, Manfred Skaven Slayer. And just undermine them, <laughs> undermine them, and political propaganda and all that, all that jazz. Yeah, they're like they're not that big of a threat. Looks at all the destruction they've caused. They're still not. Oh, a no, threat. not it's a threat at all. No, no, we got <laughs> this. We got this in the bag. It's no problem. We swear. Oh, but you know, that's that's they're like I said, there are beastmen kind of everywhere, but they're most of them are centralized there, like in the old world. But there are some tiger men in the east. But I'm gonna mention the uh, the penguin meme. So I've me- I mentioned this before. Um, I didn't fully go into it. Um, if you remember, the North and South Poles are full of chaos, corruption, and like are basically um, the doorstep to hell in that they yeah. have literally eyes of terrors. So on the North and South Pole are the greatest concentration of beastmen that are the most horribly mutated, most disfigured, and most like dangerous. And um, I'm going to post a map of Beastmen, like, territory, like, where Beastmen can be found across the world. And if you look at the North and especially the South Pole, you'll notice that it's just black. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Makes sense. (laughs) Hmm. Which is where the penguin joke comes in, because, you know, penguins live in Antarctica. So people are like, oh, the Beastmen in Antarctica must be penguins. (laughs) Like this? (laughs) Oh, no. <laughs> that, that map actually is strangely a lot like uh, you know uh, another map that's uh, well known to us yes yes this is the first time you were looking at the Warhammer Fantasy uh, map mm-hmm. <laughs> so Gerald do you want to explain quickly why the map looks like this if you can remember it basically looks like our world plus or minus a couple of continents because our world, quote unquote, is the template that the old ones used to terraform for the purposes of making the planet more suitable for life. Ah, oh, perfect. But it's like perfect. twice as big as like regular Earth. So imagine everything, but like twice as huge, twice as tall, so on and so forth. Oh, great. More humans. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, in our defense, we have that we have Uthwan, which is that island donut thing in the ocean. Ah. It wasn't I always like a donuts. donut. Yeah. We also have uh North and South we also have North America. But that's for the dark elves. Good. Well, according to Obi's uh, faction flair, he is a dark elf, so Ooh, is yeah. he? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I don't like relate to elves. wood elf as much. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. The wood elves, the wood elves live kind of everywhere, but they're kind of, they're kind of. I don't want to say they're lame, but they're the they're tree very, huggers. Yeah, except when, uh, except when. Well, Kuranos is still around, so he'll sometimes have like a great hunt. But you know, I'll get to the, I'll get to the wood elves when we get to the wood elves episode. Maybe we'll are get you treated, on for that one. Are they treated <laughs> kind of like the uh, Eldar Exodites, in that like they exist, but they don't have that much going for them? They're like the Elder Exodites, except they have periods where it's like poking a sleeping bear with a stick. Ah. Yeah. Are they the stick or the bear? Um, yes. They're the bear, and they <laughs> hit you with a stick. <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah. And Wood Elf Country, bear pokes you with stick. <laughs> <laughs> no, in Wood Elf Country, Wood Elves turn into bear holding stick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> also, you might notice that Lustria and where China is, there are no beastmen. Hmm, it's almost like those. It's almost like uh, fantasy China and the lizardmen are really good at killing beastmen. Oh, and look, <laughs> Uthwan has no beastmen either. Oh, ah, <laughs> uh, good, good. I'm glad I don't want anyone touching our our territory. <laughs> <laughs> To be oh, fair, I'm not but... seeing much going along the mountain ranges where the dwarf holds are, so... Because there's eh? no forest there. It doesn't count. All right, I'll take that W. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've, met, I've gone over the history. I've gone over their territory. I've, gone even, I've even gone over one of the beastmen that's been around. But um, we might cover some more beastmen over there. But one beastman I do want to cover fast is the one who I reference is the one that I uh, quoted at the beginning, which was Malagor the Dark Omened. <laughs> and aside from having a badass name, he also has uh, several names, one of which might make Abaddon upset <laughs> <laughs> because he's known as Malagor the Crown Father, and also the Despoiler of the Sacred. Oh, Ooh. yeah, I can see why yeah. Old Abby would be upset. It goes a lot harder than Abaddon's name, too. I'm just saying, like, just the despoiler. Nah. <laughs> Look at this guy over yeah. here, the despoiler of the sacred. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because fuck that Abaddon guy, right? Yes. They he's, also called, he's also called the harbinger of disaster. So, I mean. He's got a lot going for him. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes. But what makes him very cool is that you might have noticed that he has, you know, wings. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And the reason why he has wings is because he's actually more mutated than other beastmen. And what I mean by that is that if a beastman either has a lot of potential or does something that can prove their worth, the gods of chaos might actually put more of themselves into him to basically make them a pseudo-demon prince. Oh, you say yes. pseudo demon prince because technically he doesn't he's not aligning himself with anyone or any chaos gods still it's more that you don't become a full warp demon but you have more warp power in you than a regular beastman ah 
Yes. And like a lot of a lot of beastmen do tend to get like some of chaos on their side or get like chaos's power behind them. But none of them can but the most powerful of which, like the ones that get the most chaos behind them, tend to become like like you know, Gothgore would be one. He would have a lot of mutations and a lot of chaos power behind him. But even he didn't have, you know, fucking wings that are fucking pitch black and his existence like brings people down <laughs> like okay the point of reference how cool he is his existence causes people to turn to sin like him just being around makes you commit sinful acts like with slash yes <laughs> i mean it's all it's all sins all sins i was gonna say oh. i can just imagine just like some Thanks. random guy just like random shoplifting okay i've sinned <laughs> 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 so what makes him really cool though is that he's actually the I believe he's the only shaman to become a uh a beast lord. Like you no know, like I said almost all sh- all shamans are always second in command. He has ascended he's become top of the totem pole. <laughs> mm, that's by defeat. Yes, yes, yes. And something that makes him very strong and like very dangerous. If you remember at the start I mentioned that all the god there's more than the chaos gods involved in the planets, you know involvement he's actually dealing with that because he leads what could essentially be crusades against temples shrines and meeting places of all the gods except the chaos ones so he will tear down the shrines and similar to like in DD, where if your shrine gets torn down your god kind of loses some level of power which is what makes a lot of like holy wars so important so like you know major and influential because he's tearing down these temples and shrines across the planet, not only is he, you know, defiling those territories, making the Chaos Gods, you know, better because it's a blasphemous, but it's also limiting those gods' influences on those regions. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. He's very, very cool. He's very, very strong. But I want him to have his own episode because Malagor is fucking cool and he's he's really awesome. Well, and we got several characters we can go through. Uh, do deep dives under at, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I mean, we might make them eventually. I believe he is involved in the in in the end times. Ah. Now you said this faction shows up in AOS too, right? Yeah. <laughs> you like that? Just yeah. <laughs> Just like, okay. Like okay, uh, I know your feelings on the matter now. <laughs> well, no, no, it's not. It's not like yeah, they're in there. No, it's more just like, I don't know, they don't really change. Like, they don't really change from one thing to another. And, like, that that can that's that's fine for most cases. But, like, it's almost one thing where it's like, you, they don't change at all. So it's kind of, like, almost disappointing. They're still seeing it. They, they're given more respect, I think, quotation marks, <laughs> in those settings. Like, unlike in Warmer Fantasy, where it's like, oh, it's just the Beastmen. In there, it's more like, oh, it's the Beasts of Chaos. Oh, my God, it's the Beasts of Chaos. Terrifying. So, like, there's that. But GW really shat on them really hard with, I believe it's Kragos. Kragos, who... You know, I'll find a picture of Kragos, and I want you to tell me if this or if this does or does not look like a Beastman. Kragos. I want you to look at him, and I want you to tell me that if it does or does not look like a Beastman. And then I want you to ask what faction it is part of. So while you're looking for that, this seems kind of like it goes back to like what we were talking about with the ogres and how they 
completely changed from fantasy to AOS. So it seems like this is the inverse here. It's like for a lot of other factions, they changed so much. So now it sucks in AOS. But I don't know. It sounds like I'm hearing like, well, Beastmen, they haven't changed at all. So now they suck in AOS. It's more that where AOS has a lot more depth to it, given that what it started off as. It's almost like the Beastmen could have grown and become something a bit more. They they haven't. And then they shout on them more by basically it's like, oh, like, look, I, I post a picture of what Karagos looks like. Now, does that look like a Beastman to you? Does it look like it should be part of the Beastman faction? I mean, it's very beastly, so. Yeah, yeah it's not. So. <laughs> it's not. What? <laughs> Beastmen are a chaos faction. They're, they're, okay. So to do it fast, he's on the side of the orcs. Uh huh. <laughs> what? This uh, makes sense how? But, yeah. So in AOS, there's like four factions. There's two, this four, like, you know, Imperium, Xenos, and, and uh, Chaos in 40k. This one has yeah. um, Order, uh, Chaos, Destruction, and Death. Um, the Beastmen are part of the Chaos faction. Karagos is part of Destruction. And Destruction is where the Orcs fall under. So while he's not technically on the Orcs' side, he's part of the Orcs' grander faction. Yeah. This, yeah, yeah this, that's that's a bunch of that's still a bunch of mental gymnastics. Like another way to put it is like, you know how the Drukari are kind of like worshiping Slanesh. Yeah, yeah, but they don't get any Slanesh demons. It's it's kind of the same thing. Oh, yeah, that's like the best example I can give it. But yeah, you look at this and you're like, oh, that's definitely a beastman. Where why is it, it should be part of the beastman army? Yeah, no. You can see him running beside the orcs and, you know, just causing destruction, which also makes no sense because the, the destruction faction is basically anarchy incarnate. Like, they don't want to destroy everything so there's nothing left. They just want to, like, just cause a bunch of general disorder and kind of mayhem, whereas, destru- whereas chaos wants to ruin everything. So you would think the beastmen would be part of destruction and not chaos. <laughs> hmm. But because beastmen were created out of chaos. I mean, yeah. that part that part makes sense. In my yes. mind, at least. Yeah. But again, you look at Karagnos, and you're like, oh, Beastmen. Huh? Wait for GW <laughs> to throw us a curveball there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you can, like, you can kind of see my feelings as to why why I make that expression when it comes to AOS, where it's just like, oh, I mean, they're there. Like, the Skaven, I can be like, oh, I don't care if they change, because Skaven are fucking awesome. <laughs> like, Skaven <laughs> no. at base are awesome. <laughs> but... Beastmen at base are cool. Like I said, they're cool. But because they don't get kind of love, again, looking at Karagnos, and they're kind of just seen as like, like the, it's almost like they're inverse now, where they're where in-universe are seen as a threat, where it's out of universe and not given respect. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, before I forget, Karagnos is also aligned with the Giants. So, I mean, it isn't just the Orcs. <laughs> Now you say giants, is that something different or is that how do I say this? They're what the ogres became. They're the sons of Bahamut. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So they're they're basically ogres though, but a bit bigger. <laughs> and less fun. <laughs> this is getting confusing. <laughs> Age of Sigmar sucks. Warm fantasy is cool. Sometimes Age of Sigmar is cool, sometimes it's not. <laughs> and I'm the one poking the bear by bringing up the questions. <laughs> Ah, 
Look, look, just don't bring up, don't bring up Karstein, and we're okay. All right, what's Karstein? Oh, fuck's sake. Oh, God. <laughs> you done it. You done it. <laughs> ah. All right, we don't have to go into it. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Right, we just, 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 just snort your warp stone. It'll be okay. What's funny is that I wasn't even part of, I wasn't like invested in the end times, and like, Looking back, I'm enraged. <laughs> it's willing to, it's like, I wasn't even part of this event and I'm already upset. <laughs> uh, but I think that's where we'll end. Um, any questions? Anything else you guys want me to clarify on for the uh, the glorious furry beastmen people? They I don't need know. I think they, uh... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> they need more respect. <laughs> they need more respect. And better models. Yeah, I think they uh, they clobbered me quite hard, and also uh, starts smelling like shit, piss, and and stuff like here. So I think uh, I might have to start moving soon. So uh... <laughs> wait, where do you live again? <laughs> uh, Sweden. <laughs> Sweden. Oh my god, we can make the Visaland joke. <laughs> of what? No, there's a there's a province in the empire called uh, Visaland, but I but I intentionally mispronounced it and called it Whistleland just to be an ass. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> because we don't hum around here, we whistle. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and in Visaland, GW likes to partake in the circle jerk. Otsia. <laughs> Oh my god. That yeah. sounded really awfully German and that's not even close to where I am. No, it's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're making but... fun of the Empire Man, yeah. Ah, <laughs> jawohl. Oh my god. They're speaking in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's it's our it's our zine friend here that's just I don't know, he's making my mind go crazy. I can't <laughs> stay for so long. How dare you say that to my mother? <laughs> it's the warp dust it's starting to act up that's how you know it's good yeah all right so comments on the beastmen besides they need more respect oh i i that's like you said uh i'm i'm more of a model model guy and uh they definitely could use with a, a few more models mm-hmm. yes yep yeah. definitely <laughs> with some more love if there's like the same situation with like the scape and the orcs to where like if they actually worked together, everyone would just be dead. <laughs> yes. I mean, again, two provinces just fucking gone. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean, you'd think like as much as the Skaven, like uh, maybe not the Skaven, as much as the orcs like to put up a good fight, you'd think that like at least the Minotaurs would be all over just getting into regular bash ups with uh you know your local green skin tribe or whatever. I mean, they do, but it's kind of just like, oh, look, it's two giant brutes fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's hope they both lose. Because <laughs> <laughs> then the both of them winning. <laughs> Whoever wins, we lose. I mean, okay. I can't find the picture of, of the Minotaur, but again, this Minotaur is just fucking giant. His arms are replaced with like fucking spears as like, like, like basically claw weapons. That's how big he is. So I mean, like, I don't know Ooh, if you want big boy. I don't know if you want them. 
Yeah, I don't know if you want the Minotaurs as a as a long standing threat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and finally, show of hands, what kind of ogre, what kind of, uh, what kind of gores you guys want to be? I think I would make a beautiful, a beautiful, uh, bovi gore because cows are cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my soul against be... our uh, zinch friend here. I'll go for Zangor. <laughs> ah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Daka Daka. I think I'd be the unfortunate Saul that would be turned into a flag. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't even have horns to offer. <laughs> oh. Oh. I mean, I think I'd rather be turned into a flag than a mountain of shit. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. yeah, that is true. <laughs> <sighs> But I think I think we did good. Any any final statements? Any comments? Obi, anything you want to shout out for your uh, your beautiful little little podcast you got over there? Yeah, feel free no. to use this time as your advertising space because, like, you know, thank you for being a guest. So have at yeah, it. Well, it was uh, it was good being on. I had fun. I learned a lot of stuff about Beastmen. That's for sure. Uh, a little bit about the old world because, like I said, I didn't really know all that much about it. Um, it was cool to being on, and uh, if you got, if you're more into modeling miniatures and hobby, your hobby aspects, you can give my podcast a listen. The Knights of the Hobby Table. Thank you. Definitely, definitely give that a listen. Woo! I'm a big fan of modeling. I'm a big fan of kit bashing recently. Absolutely, yeah. I highly recommend their podcast. Thank you. Uh, all right, is it announcements time? I believe so. Actually, let me give one more shout out to our dear friend Warper here. So thank you for coming on the show too, as uh, you are our uh, night tier patron, which earns you a excuse me a spot on our guest list. Yes, it's lovely being here. Good. Hope you had a good time with us. Oh, most definitely, it's great fun. I make sure to put in a good word with with my lord Zeech. Ah, <laughs> good. Good. I'm a thousand suns player. I don't need I don't need Zeech's attention, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll bring this up fast before before we get over it. Um, Magnus is in Warmer Fantasy. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I'm not lying. I am telling the truth. Magnus is in Warhammer Fantasy. And he Zinch goes by the Crimson players. King. Zinch players rejoice. Yeah. <laughs> and there was much rejoicing. <laughs> All right. Now to just give our little our little announcements. So, like I said at the beginning, this episode was, of course, sponsored by our our beloved beloved Noble Slappy. Um, this episode and the episode that will follow will both be sponsored by him, as he has our tenth as our is our ten dollar Patreon member tier. However, beginning I believe following the next episode, so the episode after this one, I will be putting up a poll to our Patreon members. Of I mentioned this in our last episode, I believe. That will be tiered to your um to your tier. So if you are first, if you're our um, I believe it's our bard tier, your vote will be worth one point. If you're our knight tier, like our beautiful warper here, I say beautiful while all 17 of his eyes are staring at me. Bye. <laughs> um, your vote will be worth two points, and of course our nobles will have their will have their votes be worth three points. And I will be posting four options for episodes in the future. 
and the one that's and the one that's the highest will become our next episode. The other three will be put into the basket to come at a later point. So those are things for everyone to look forward to. If you join our Patreon, even if you don't, you can always look forward to whatever episodes they come in for our listeners. Also, the amount of downloads we're getting, especially in this last week when this episode uh, has been recorded, is astronomical. Like it might, <laughs> it might seem like a little bit for like more more accomplished podcasts but for us to see a major spike in literally a single day and when it comes to downloads is fucking amazing and to like the 25 people who download like within the first day two days you guys are fucking amazing like shout out to those guys because those guys when i when i when i open my phone i look at our uh our look at our our things and i see those 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 guys those those champs that are always downloading proud of you guys you the real MVPs. Yes, you guys, the MVP. Like it isn't even just like like Patreon members. Amazing, those downloads also hit home. But yeah. for people who aren't a Patreon members who want to talk to us, we actually have a email address, a Gmail address, Gerald. That if anyone would like to say post anything, to you know send us a message, you know like anything simple, I would like to read those out at the beginning or end of our episodes in the upcoming future. So tell us your stories. Tell us you know bullshit random stuff you want to let us know. Mm-hmm. Stuff you've gone over in the week, and we'll look through them, pick the one we like most, and we'll discuss it. You know, take a take a good you know five minute episode, take a good five minute section at the beginning of our episode to discuss it, because you know our episodes sure. aren't long enough as it is. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> but uh, we just do ask you keep it like PG or PG thirteen. So yes, of course, know. of course, of but, course. Uh, it's the uh, our email is literally just grimlorepodcast at gmail So all one word, you know, pretty simple. Yes, of course. Looking forward to hearing everyone's crazy stories, crazy, crazy stories. Just let us know what you've done in the week, whatever it is. We'll discuss it. We might, we'll give you guys a shout out. Whatever you guys want to do, we'll, 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 we're always down to hear it. And speaking of shout outs, we actually do have a couple more shout outs to give per our, uh, per our unwritten contract with uh, Warper's Master. Is uh, <laughs> we have some more, we have some more Patreon shout outs to give. So let me uh, grab out my scroll here and. Thank you to the Honorable Knight, Sir Flub de Montfort, our most noble dwarf, Slappy. Let's see here. And oh, the Honorable Imperial Knight uh, is also a dwarf, Astronautical. The, <laughs> ah, the Trickster's Knight of Zinch, Warper. Thank you again, good sir. Mm-hmm. And the Powerlifter Knight of Papa Nurgle, Big <laughs> Joe G. Thank you all, and thank you to all of our patrons and everyone on the Discord for making this just making this a lot of fun for all of us. Because you know, world is grim enough as it is. We need a little bit of levity here. Yes, of course, because the beastmen and their mounds of shit really bring really bring us all together. <laughs> <laughs> Binds us together. It's like the glue it brings us all together. How's the line go? That's one big pile of shit. <laughs> uh, speaking of, are you starting to smell something, Ray? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Hey, bartender. Get the bouncers. Bartender, grab the bouncers. Bar the doors. Press the button. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grimlore. Oh, shit, I fucked up on the intro already. <laughs> We can edit out. It's okay. Okay. <clears throat>
Hello, and welcome to Grimlore, the place for all your Warhammer, uh, your Warhammer fantasy and uh, Grim Grimdark settings. Wow, I am horrible at this today. Oh. Try it again. Take two. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. I'm, not, I'm not caffeinated enough. I am not caffeinated enough. Hang on. This is a little bit different oh, from our good. usual recording time. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 usually a night owl. Like I don't record this this early. Yeah, like we record at like midnight, like Eastern time. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, mid- it's midnight for me. So please. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I am ready. Okay. <laughs>